0: welcome wanderlust enthusiasts get ready to embark on a journey that will ignite your love for exploration and broaden your horizons i'm zen
1: and i'm Kristen, and i'm tanya
0: so today we invite you to join us on an exciting adventure filled with captivating stories fascinating facts <laughs> and a whole lot of travel trivia welcome to meet us in paris and as you know if you listen to our past podcasts, I'm a huge random world trivia person that's a category of people apparently uh-huh. um, <laughs> that we've dedicated our podcast to things like the Anthora cup that is a New York staple and um, Tanya you were talking about what was that Cuban coffee out of that started out of New York
1: um oh Bustelo. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm drinking in a few minutes.
0: Okay, nice. okay. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect timing.
1: <laughs> and then today we're revisiting the topic of um and exploring every corner of the beautiful planet one random factoid at a time.
2: So get your AirPods in, your favorite beverage out and put on your thinking cap. Get ready to explore the globe with us after this short message.
0: They're called goals for a reason. There's something to strive for. They require attention and they need sweat and hard work to achieve. Do you have a career goal? At UCI Division of Continuing Education, we're here to help. With over sixty certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. Start today at ce.uci.edu. That's ce.uci.edu. All right, I'm gonna start out since I said I the random trivia. Person. Oh, okay,
2: I, I love go. that confidence. I, we never have yeah. confidence at starting. <laughs>
0: well, it's always like we're not prepared. And I'm still not prepared, but I'm going to go anyway. So I have picked three things. And in general, these three things, when you're in the country, they're so common, you may not even notice them. But at the same time, I'm going to talk about them um, and then bring some more attention to it. So okay. the first one is I'm going to talk about Japanese vending machines.
1: Oh, mm. this is good, uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So if you go to Japan, you'll see that there are Japanese there's vending machines everywhere. And they serve everything from coffee, icing bananas in them, you can have uh, ramen cooked out of them and stuff like that. And people are wondering... So the question is, why are there so many vending machines? My understanding is there is one vending machine for every 10 people in Japan.
2: Wow. Wow. Which
0: is absolutely crazy. And it also... Seems very counterculture to the Japanese culture, which is very much into um, lavishing attention on customers. Like if you ever purchase something from a department store, they're very polite. They hand it to you very nicely. They spend an immense amount of time perfectly wrapping the gifts and such for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, and it's just an amazing experience. And the vending machine is the opposite end. The <laughs> reason why they say that it changed was and they have so many vending machines today is that the um the japanese started going into this work life of many 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 hours yeah and sitting at the office tremendous amounts of time and so when they got they would put in long hours off and off the clock and then allowed these people to use vending machines when Other people were around or things were closed, so they were able to go to the vending machines. But also, it allowed them to circumvent certain types of cultural expectations um, as well. Um, It used to be courting was not as open as it is today, so young men were able to purchase flowers from a vending machine so they wouldn't be embarrassed by going to a female clerk who was wondering why are they buying flowers um it's kind of like you know um going to the grocery i mean going to the um, drugstore when you were young and trying to buy a contraceptive it's like oh my god everyone's staring at me you know and this is the equivalent of hey this way you don't have to deal with people so um that's one of the reasons but also it's because um there's They actually have a low, they have so many people where everyone's working and they don't have enough people to be in the service areas. So this also makes up for the lack of of people to work in the service industry to sell these things. So I'm going (laughs) to leave off. So that's kind of like a short story about these vending machines. That's why you see them everywhere. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to quickly tell you 10 different things you can get. Um, freshly brewed coffee. They'll grind a the coffee, make a cup of coffee you, for you. I mentioned ramen. You can get sushi. You can get orange juice where the oranges come down the machine, squeezes themselves, and then it will be a fresh cup of orange juice. Um, they have umbrellas, an umbrella machine, because when it's raining, you can go buy umbrellas. Um, fresh eggs. Um, Neck ties. Um, you can get fresh fruit I've actually seen a banana selling machine. Um, Face masks, which doesn't seem so uncommon compared to everything else. And souvenirs and local products. Um, So, like, trinkets and such. So, there you go. Japanese vending machines. Wow. That's cool. Too much? No, that
1: was good. (laughs) Okay. No, it makes me want to go just to do that.
0: Oh, it's fun. I just, like, my daughter... Loved going to the vending machines and trying out all, all the different drinks. Or like the best one I mentioned before is like sometimes you'll go to a vending machine and you'll see like one side is red with beverages and one side's blue, and the red side is it will serve a hot drink and the blue side are drinks that are cold. I love that.
1: That's very nice. No that's, that's, uh, I wish we had those kinds we of need things. More variety.
0: Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get <laughs> Cheetos and like soda. That's it.
2: Well, I'm a fan of the flaming hot Cheetos,
0: so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. All All right. right, let's
1: see.
2: Well, I don't uh, know. Should I phrase this as like a a trivia question, or just tell you? <laughs> ooh,
0: I don't care. I, I don't know. This ask us. Be- us
1: I'm going to okay. ask my trivia dun, dun, question. It's going to be dun. for um for for Zen, but but you know you ooh, can ooh. answer too. But I was thinking of him, so ask us. All right. There are only two
2: countries in the world that use purple in their national flag. Which countries are they? Oh, that's hard.
0: Which is? It's like Jeopardy. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. I have answer I <laughs> have to answer an in a form of a question.
2: Um, I can I give know. you some hints. They are both in the Western Hemisphere. Hmm. Um, they are both south of the United States. Central America? One is in Central America.
0: I don't know. I don't know. No idea.
2: Okay. Well, I would say the more well-known country is Nicaragua.
1: I almost said that. Of course, I should have.
2: The flag of Nicaragua (laughs) features a rainbow in the center that includes a band of purple. And the other country, I'll give you a more specific hint. It is a Caribbean island nation.
1: Any guesses? Caribbean. Um, Belize. Well, it's
2: not an island nation, but. Oh, sorry. Okay. (laughs) Well, I want it to
0: be. I'm going to say something, and it will be, like, so wrong that I'm going to be embarrassed. So, my, my I am eyes, It isn't even anything. an island,
1: so come on.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I
1: win. No. Um, Dominica. Not oh. the
2: Dominican Republic, but Dominica is a Caribbean island nation. And their flag has a picture of a Cicero parrot, which is a bird with purple feathers. Oh, so those. two elements make them the only two flags in the world that use the color purple on it. Hmm.
0: Yeah. That is awesome.
2: I thought that was cool. I didn't know. And um, kind of relatedly, I'm sure most people are aware, but did you guys know about why the Olympic rings are the colors that they are? No. No, I don't. They're specific colors because every single flag in the world has at least one of those colors in it. Mm -hmm. So those colors were chosen to represent the world, as it were. So every flag has at least, I don't even remember, like blue, yellow, black, green, red, something like that. Um, I don't
1: remember the colors either. We're really good at this. (laughs) Anyways.
2: (laughs) Can I,
0: can I add to your trivia?
2: Yeah, please.
0: So purple or violet as a color was long associated with um, kings, uh, royalty. I don't know if you know right. that.
2: Yes, that and, I knew.
0: Yeah, and and the reason why is that it was made from a dye. The
2: dye was so expensive, right?
0: Right, but the purple dye in particular, because it was made from a some kind of snail, like some kind of Ooh. ocean sail snail. Ooh. And so, now. Yeah. And so that's why it became a royal color was the only people who could afford to have enough people to go fish these snails out of the water was royalty. So, and that's why oh. it became a royal color.
1: You know what? I knew that story, but I didn't know it until you told me. Like, I remembered. <laughs> you know
0: it's, it's funny right because like it's, lots of it's like you learned in like elementary school yeah history, like a million
1: I, years ago but you just made me remember how did you have it in your head
0: you know what? You... yeah yeah i just <laughs> the only reason why is i used to work in um like uh furnishings and stuff like that and oh yeah and so the thing was that we used to always talk about the color violet and we, we were i was i was actually told i'm not allowed to say the word purple it's violet. It's not purple. Oh, it's and violet. The, you know, and then um, that that's the story I was told.
2: Well, you know, on the opposite end of this, um, the U.S. especially is known, I guess, in like, what, the 1800s for the Little Red Schoolhouse? It was very common that schools were painted red. And they were painted red because it was the cheapest color of paint available. Oh. So there you go. That's why it was like... Schools were known for being red. There you go. Lots Amazing. of trivia. Oh,
0: it is, is a lot of stuff. I keep on talking about dyes now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. Uh, now that I like think of the question, um, you know, Zen might know it. Do you know which famous 1990 film um, made it like the limelight? The Beverly Wilshire Hotel in LA. What was the movie that brought it to fame? I would have no idea.
0: Uh,
1: You're Mr. Movie.
0: Is is that the um, steel building one?
1: That's the over by Rodeo Drive.
0: Is it the is it glass and, and steel? No. Oh, okay. i Is it, with- it
1: Pretty Woman? <laughs> yes, very <Is> good. <laughs> yeah, the Rodeo so, Drive gave it away. Yes, I knew. I figured oh that. Gosh. Yeah, because wow. it, it was. Um, that was the primary setting for the Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the interiors and all that. Th- those were done in a different hotel. Isn't that funny? But mm-hmm. that was the outside, and that's kind of what with the limelight. And um. What I thought was, I found a couple of interesting things that, well, now it's a Four Seasons Hotel and it was, um, constructed in 1928. And, um, it's of course overlooking the Rodeo Drive and presidents have stayed there and so forth. But what I like was that it was initially named the Beverly Wilshire Apartment Hotel. Oh. And it was constructed, um, to be, uh, what is it? A Beverly Hills Speedway. So it oh. had like an American, like, you know, board of t- a track, like kind of like the Long Beach, um, Toyota race, a Grand Prix. So it, at the time it was ranked like right second after Indiana, Indianapolis, uh, motor speedway. So I thought it was kind of crazy. And, and at the time Beverly Hills only had a thousand residents. Wow. So it was, it was like it had grown, obviously has gone through all kinds of different, you know, models. Um, I didn't know there's a whole section in there telling you about the history of, of the hotel and its different looks and different owners. But um, I guess I lived in West LA for really long times. And that's just what you ended up doing, going to walk in um, Rodeo Drive to see if you could see movie stars. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of fun for me to, to look at. That is fun. And good for you ding 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 you won <laughs> I,
0: I i didn't meet expectations so i'm sorry yeah you're
1: the, you're the movie trivia guy
0: i actually didn't watch that film <laughs> oh it's all right I, for, for some reason i and also for some reason i thought you're thinking of I, I was trying to think it's like is have you ever seen the you know the i was thinking you're talking about the bonaventure hotel
1: Oh, the round one. That's yeah, that has been in all kinds of movies, that's, hasn't that's it? That's
0: another iconic one. Yeah. Every oh. like true lies and everything. And for some reason I thought that was the one you were talking about. But nope, yeah. I was wrong. All right. Oh, I'm back. You Son are. Gun. Okay. So here's the um next iconic thing. Um the next iconic thing that you see a lot of when you're actually there, but you may not notice because there's so many is the and you don't know the history. It's the red telephone boxes of London.
1: Oh, uh uh-huh. I don't know. So
0: the red telephone boxes of London, the history of it is it dates back to the 1920s. The General Post Office wanted to make a standard, um, you know, it's a standard looking telephone box. And so that everyone could instantly recognize and then use and I thought it was very interesting that the post office was actually in charge of telephone boxes at the time. Uh, oh. It kind of make. I mean, it's the information sector, I guess. So I thought it was interesting. Um, telephone boxes are, um, they, they label them by generation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, they go K1 all the way up to K... Uh, I think it's like K fourteen or something like that. I might be K10 or something like that. But there's been a lot of red telephone, a lot of different telephone boxes. The original boxes were kind of like red with white is my understanding. Out of the ones that were out there, only 14 are known to exist today. Some of them are in museums. Only one or two of them are actually out in public and for use. Um,
1: Oh, I'd like to go use one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How fun.
0: Um, Yeah. And then the the red telephone box was a result of a competition in 24. And um, so that was actually known as the K2. And the K2 was done by Sir Giles Gilbert Scott and introduced in 1926. And that's kind of the first one where you would recognize it as a red telephone box. Um, You know, it's red with a domed roof. The difference mm-hmm. over the years between K2 and K-whatever-they-are-now is it really is about size, width, height, and such like that. Um, so then it goes on to the K6. K6, um, I don't know much about the K2 to K6, until six, but um the K6 is kind of one that's most recognizable today. If you saw it, you go, that's a red telephone box. It looks exactly right introduced mm-hmm. in 1936 to s- celebrate the silver jubilee of king george um and that is the most recognized one and people buy them if you can find the just dis- one that's been discontinued and oh, people yeah, want would, to have yeah, them. of course i want one you know so <laughs> there you go um they're trying to preserve them i mean i can't think of anything more london than the red telephone boxes
2: Guess so, it is. yeah that's a good one Okay. Um, I think I've talked about this before, but I guess I have a little more to say. To <laughs> and so, yeah. So um, we all know the fruit, a uh, kiwi. Yeah. Do we all know that that's a nickname for it? That's not like the real name for it?
0: <laughs> it is a Chinese gooseberry
2: yes <laughs> so most people I think do know that I don't know that okay well not that part but um a nickname for someone from New Zealand is a kiwi yeah right and it's not at all derogatory it's seen with a lot of like used with a lot of pride um and I when I learned this always thought they were named after the fruit and I thought oh how funny you <laughs> I mean what I
0: don't no, know they're named after the shoe polish.
2: No, not that
0: either.
2: <laughs> um, but we nicknamed the Chinese gooseberry the Kiwi because I do think they ended up producing a lot of kiwi um and we would get it from there from New Zealand, so we called it a kiwi for the Kiwi people, um and even their nickname, do you know where their nickname comes from? Like why do we even
1: call them kiwis? No, why, how that's what I wanna know.
0: They're soft brown and fuzzy. <laughs>
1: it's sweet. <laughs> no. Um, it's for the kiwi
2: bird, so that's like their national yeah. bird. Um,
0: <laughs> that's why you meant by soft brown and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Um, that's that's where the nickname comes from. So, um, it is not considered offensive to call them kiwis but it it was derived from the kiwi bird it is a native flightless bird which is the national symbol of new zealand um so it looks like until the first world war the kiwi represented the country and not the people um so you would see the kiwi bird and it was the country, but by 1917, New Zealanders were also being called Kiwis, so I think that's why they adopted it. And until then, there they went by the nickname, uh, the nickname NZer. They would be NZers
0: I like Kiwi better. Yeah, me
2: too. Um, and I don't know if you know much about the Kiwi, but what's so fascinating? It almost to me looks kind of like a bigger sandpiper, but they don't have wings, and the reason is. New Zealand was such a isolated island. They didn't have predators, so they did not need to develop wings over time to get away. Oh, adorable and scary. (laughs) (laughs) And they, um, they are extremely nocturnal. And what's funny is in New Zealand, they have Kiwi houses where um, they keep them basically pitch dark and you can go inside. And if you wait long enough and your eyes adjust and you, and they come out, you can see them in the Kiwi houses. Um, we actually had a lot of problems when we were there. We went into a few Kiwi houses and it is so dark. I feel like you have to sit in there for an hour before like your eyes adjust. It was like the oh. darkest place I'd ever been. Um And it's almost like you're at a zoo, you know, they're like they're in their own little like uh, terrarium um, and we never saw one come out. But they are very nocturnal little flightless birds um, that are so adorable. And so they have lent their name to the people and then eventually to the fruit. So I guess we can say the fruit was named after the bird in the end. Just took a different trail. (laughs) (laughs) I always found that um interesting and as i'm looking to NZER, um, that nickname even comes from the initials of the country nz and as people might not know in australia and new zealand they refer to z as Z. and it's not z it's xyz um said yep.
1: i have heard that yes yeah, called before uh-huh
2: yeah anyway. and is
1: this something um you is this kind of like a niche of something that you really like then because you said you talked
2: about it before well my husband and i honeymooned in new zealand and so oh. i talked about new zealand a okay. few times or it comes up here and there so um okay, okay. so there's a little came special out special place in your heart yeah uh, okay. exactly so it.
1: all right there's, there's
0: a book called how the kiwi lost its wings yeah.
2: Well, never had them to begin with,
0: I think. <laughs> well, no, no, just like a kid's book kind of thing.
1: I know, but I'm yeah.
0: just kidding.
1: But it's yes. a kid's book?
0: Like a love- fable or something like that, you know, that type of thing.
1: Okay, of course. Now I have it ready for one of these days to look at it. Okay.
0: Yeah, so.
1: All right. So now I have um, kind of the trivia is maybe you know this, but I didn't, that the Louvre Museum was originally a fortress, did you know that?
0: Ooh.
1: The the museum, the Louvre. I can't pronounce it in France. Oh, Louvre. Uh-huh. Okay, you got it. Okay. I thought it was
0: a palace at one point. Or was it a palace it and was, a prison? Yes,
1: it was a um, a royal residence in, di- intermittently, but it was originally built as a fortress. But it's so big that, you know, people live there. <laughs> Kings so I didn't know it was a fortress. I kind of imagined it might have been a residence and then things were kind of added on. Um, but it, it was like in the 14th century it began to be built and it was opened and completed in 1793, so that is a long time. And then one of the kings, King Philip the First was the one who like oh no king francis the first sorry he's the one who really liked art so he was the collector and that and it just served as a repository for his as his royal residence to put all the artwork there and that's kind of where it came to be wow so i did not know that and i thought that was i went into a rabbit hole over there (laughs) i bet (laughs) then i have something separate that um that I always like sharing anything with Paris is David Sedaris, which you know who he is. I love him. Mm -hmm. He lived a few, many years in Paris. And um, if there's a book, you know, he has many different uh, audios and things and he's never put a set of foot inside um, the museum. The whole time he was there, even though he lived just like a few minutes away. And the reason is because, most people think that he should, so he just never did. <laughs>
0: oh, God, what a terrible reason.
1: I know, and then he would also, if people really insisted, then he would go in there. I, I I think I looked for it, and I couldn't locate it. This little tiny kind of cafe, and he says we're like, like the older... <laughs> Paris-looking ladies, like grandmas, <laughs> would sit there and have coffee and tea. So he would go there and sit oh. with them and watch the people come out of the Louvre. So every time I say, I, I hear the the museum, I think of David Sedaris.
2: <laughs> that so sounds like him. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs>
1: it was He's really cute. not going. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. All right. That's mine. Trivia.
2: All right. Well... What do you think, according to the world? Sorry, the United Nations World Tourism Organization, is the most visited country in the world? France. Then
0: United what? States. I was going to say United States, but that probably can't be right because
2: well, give you a hint. I'll
0: just go with the U.S., but oh. it's wrong.
2: One of you is right. <laughs> <gasps>
1: And it's Tanya! Oh! Yay! Okay, you and I are winning. Yeah, I'm...
0: you you are winning by far, Tanya. I, I'm.
1: I still <laughs> thought that place was an island, so I'm going to remember that forever now. <laughs> I, should, one. I should not. I should. I don't know what that was like. Oh, i whatever. One. Yeah, but <laughs> apparently France
2: is the most visited country according to United Nations World Tourism. I just thought
1: maybe, maybe because it was it's so old, older than I don't know.
2: I don't know why I was so surprised to learn that, but it definitely makes sense. Like, I get it. But I was like, huh, I wouldn't have picked that. What would you have thought? Honestly, United States, which is so... So American of so, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the,
0: the reason why I thought it was... I, even though I picked it, I thought it was wrong is because you had to fly here mm. from almost everywhere else. Right, right. If it right. was, like, connected, <sighs> like by you know by land i right. would think that it would be higher but mm-hmm. just because of that it's like it costs money to get here
2: you're right yeah i get that
0: so yeah. okay i think i had to do one more yeah. um, the last one is a californian thing hmm. now this is the this is a little bit different this is not as iconic but you may have seen it when you're traveling between san francisco and san diego There is a road called El Camino Real.
1: I know this. Yes.
0: Okay. And this is called the King's Highway. (laughs) Um, The King's Highway um, is uh, the reason why the King's Highway was made. It is a 600 mile route and it connects 20, the original 21 Spanish missions in California. If you're not a Californian, a mission is essentially a church, um, and with it's essentially a church. So there's 21 churches all up and down between San Diego and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But what I want to talk about is you probably have seen these all over the place. And Tony, do you know where I'm going with this?
1: No, <laughs> keep going.
0: I don't know. There is something called a mission bell.
1: Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And have you seen these? Does anyone know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, keep going. Probably keep not. going.
0: Okay. So a mission bell is a bronze bell. Mm-hmm. You will see it on the side of the road, on sides of highways. Sometimes you'll see them on the streets, and it looks like a bell that's maybe about 12 inches high, and it's in a large metal shepherd's hook, and then it's mounted into the ground. And they have created these there are like 400 to 600 of these um, that mark the road between Mm -hmm. the missions
1: yes I, i didn't know that
0: yeah and you'll see them on the side when you're going down the highway you'll see them on the side of the road you'll see them in small cities um if you go to where was i just recently tustin Tustin. Uh, yeah. I think there may be somewhere. Yeah, they're yeah. everywhere.
1: I am. Um, it- I have a joke when you're done with the story because it's a bad- <laughs> it's a bad joke, but it's a joke.
0: <laughs> okay, so these were created um, to to mark the the route, but they were not originally part of the route. What had happened was the um, around 1902, they there was a proposal made by a bunch of people to mark the market and they came up with a funding and they put these bells up and down the route for a long time. They went into disrepair. They disappeared. And then there was a revival probably, I think like in the fifties where they started bringing them back. And then, um, and then they kind of got, went bad again. And then just recently, like in the last five or 10 years, the or I mean, the California government highway patrol or something like that got some funding and they started to repair any original bells that were out there and replacing and adding additional bells. So if you see a bell on a shepherd's crook in California, that's what they are. It is a demarcation of the Camino Royale connecting all the all the um, missions. And before I end, what Uh I do also would like to mention is um, there is a lot of controversy around these
1: because,
0: um, well, the the, the controversy is
1: um,
0: is the Spaniards and Native Americans.
1: Americans, of course. Yeah. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Because um, the Native Americans in California believe that it's a symbol of suppression and um, (laughs) there's also a lot of people who believe these should all be taken down because it's a symbol of um, repression i, should I can say. understand that yeah i can understand that as well so i i think i even though they're iconic i kind of think that when you're looking at these you should be aware do your yes. own research <laughs> and, and learn about it yes yeah,
1: exactly oh mm-hmm. uh, now my joke is going to be terrible because oh no, oh, no. <laughs> because when i when when my my I love history and stuff. So I knew all about these. And I remember being with my brother, he's like nine years younger than me. So I'm the big sister telling him the story about the bells and Camino Real and all that. And I said, so can you imagine, you know, you know, putting all these, all these bells throughout on horseback? And he looked at me and well, obviously they didn't because um, you know, they, it wasn't on horseback. They were all riding and it was later that that we all put that. Anyway, it was a dad joke, oh. but it was very funny. And my brother just looked at me like, can you imagine them carrying around all those bells and putting them around the road? Anyway, I'm sorry. Every time isn't I funny? hear the that, I always think of my I joke that of... isn't funny. Okay. No. <laughs> Thank you, Zen. Thank you for the laughter. <laughs> I get it. I okay. get it. I had to explain it, which isn't mm. funny. All right. No problem. All right well on that note (laughs) that's funny thank
2: you guys Uh, for tuning into our random trivia episode we hope that you had as much fun as we did what do you think contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world interesting
1: articles and more and we did have a lot of fun. I love it. Um, so, and if you're newer to our podcast, be sure to listen to the podcast where we lat where we talk about New York coffee curiosities that that was mentioned at the beginning of the podcast by Zen. Um, there we talk about the New York coffee cubs and a coffee that originated from the city,
0: which was Pristella We talked about ah, so. yes. <laughs> yeah us in Paris is the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or looking for a new job, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And thank you again for tuning in.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.